Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Bigfoot Eyewitness Radio. For centuries, eyewitnesses have reported seeing giant creatures in the woods of North America and beyond. These forest giants have been known by many names, including Sasquatch, Oma, Yowie, Yeti, and their most commonly used name, Bigfoot. Join us as eyewitnesses share the details of their encounters with these forest giants on the show. And now your host, Vic Cundy. Hi everyone, thanks for listening. If you've had a Bigfoot encounter of your own and would like to be a guest on the show, please go to BigfootEyewitness.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you. Hi, I'm Kelly from Eastern Kentucky. I was featured on episode 209 and 243. In the past, I've been kind of vague about who I am, so I'm not really sure. I can't quite remember exactly what I told you about myself. I spent 20 years in healthcare administration. I've been a paranormal investigator for 30 plus years. That's kind of giving away my age. Um, Grandmother, have a phenomenal husband who is very supportive of all the things that I enjoy. We're very outdoorsy and he likes booger hunting as much as I do, which is something new that we've uh, kind of added to the repertoire of, you know, things to go and investigate, which is one of the reasons why I'm on your show tonight, Vic, because we had a very interesting week last week. But wanted to say one thing before I kind of got started that, you know, I'm kind of not really sure why I've either had good or bad fortune, whichever. Um, it kind of depends on your point of view of having so many encounters with with Sasquatch and even several with Dogmen. It just seems like last year after I had my my first sighting that I remembered, it just kind of opened up floodgates. And if I were listening to somebody tell this many encounters and having this many things that went on in their life and, you know, they saw a Sasquatch here, or, you know, they saw this cryptid here, I would probably be extremely skeptical. 
I've even, you know, tried to really be extra skeptical on myself too. You know, did I really see that? Was that my imagination? Was it that I heard a knock in the woods and so automatically I think it's a Sasquatch or in a tree knock or something when it's actually just a squirrel knocking a nut out of a tree or a limb falling because it needed to fall out of the tree. But my husband's experienced several things with me. I've also got some really good friends who are very sane, rational, professional people who have also had these experiences with me. We don't do the the group hallucination thing. You know, we really try to figure out, okay, was that a knock? Was that not a knock? Was that a growl? Was that a whoop? You know, we, we try to really break it down and, and make sure that we're not just doing the the wild excitement of, oh my gosh, everything is something related to Sasquatch. But it's been really wild because again, I had that sighting last year and it's just like I'm on the radar. And so I, I joke with you, you know, that I'm uh, I'm the Bigfoot magnet. <laughs> and, you know, most of my encounters have been very pleasant. There's been a couple nerve wracking ones. The dogmen scared me to death. But um, the past week, um, and I want to tell that in a little bit because I also want to catch up on all the things, you know, that's been going on on our property. But last week I had a, a real scare. And I want to save that to last because it's it's a very intense story. So again, on our property, you know, things haven't really slowed down since the last time, you know, that I've talked to you guys. We put up even more motion sensor lights. Um, we put up a second game cam or a third game cam. You know, we're just trying to, if they want to run around through our woods, that's fine. You know, keep them away from the house, especially, you know, because we've, we've got Bjorn, who is our, our Mastodane. He's our 110 pound puppy. And we don't want something coming in because, you know, there's too many stories that I've heard about, you know, Sasquatch attacking dogs. And if we're not mistaken, and we really do have a dog man, which we're pretty sure we do in the area, you know, we don't want something hurting our dogs. So we've put up a lot of the safeguards to try to keep them in their territory and out of ours. <laughs> so we put lights on the back of the house and they're motion sensor lights and they're nine to 10 feet off the ground. And in the summer, we found one of the lights turned completely backwards and it was actually pointed at the house instead of into the wood line. And I mean, this is something my, my husband's six foot something, six foot one, six foot two, something like that. And it kind of depends on his boots. But, you know, he has to get up on a ladder to turn this thing. And the screw was actually very tight. So he had to loosen the screw to turn it around and then, then retighten the screw that's not the only time that that's happened. That was just the first time we we noticed it was back in August. So the first part of August, he was outside doing some yard work. But I, I take that back. The, the light was turned in the end of July. So the first part of August, he was outside doing the yard work and he heard a tree break. Now, again, branches break, you know, we're, we're in a wooded area, branches break. So it may or may not have been a break as far as a Sasquatch breaking a tree limb, but it was, it was a pretty substantial tree break that he heard. So later that evening, it was probably about 1030, you know, really dark outside. And our, our Mastodane Bjorn started barking at the living room window. So it had felt kind of weird outside all night long. So James grabbed a flashlight, you know, because it's one window where we don't have a light shining in that area of the yard. And he shined the flashlight out of the window. And there's a squatch face, you know, the Sasquatch is standing there looking in the window and then it takes off. 
And he said it had to have been about nine to 10 feet tall to be able to look into that particular window. That night, we actually heard kind of like a, a pecking or a, a, you know, like a, a fingertip kind of pecking sound on the back of the house. Obviously, we didn't go out and investigate at that point. There are some things that we will go out and check on and then other things that we're just like, okay, if something's out there, we don't want to create a situation because right now, if they're just pecking on the house, then okay, that's fine. So then it was about 1.15 in the morning and I don't sleep a whole lot. I'm actually a chronic insomniac. And so it was about 1.15 and something literally hit the back of the house. I mean, really, really hard. But the lights in the back, the motion sensor lights didn't come on. So about 45 minutes later, it was close to two at this point, something hit the back of the house again. And then about 10 minutes later, it hit the side of the house. And the next day, we didn't think about it, but I think it was like two days later, we went to the back of the house and the motion sensor lights had been turned sideways again. And obviously, neither one of us did it, even on a ladder. I don't know that I could reach it. I'm a, I'm a tiny person. But both emotion sensor lights had been turned sideways. Then through August, there were times that we'd catch, you know, flashes of something brown and furry in the forest. Uh, we went fishing one day down on the creek that's right down from our house. And we looked up and there's something that was looking at us. And then it popped behind a tree really quick. So our Sasquatch has been quite active. And again, you know, we nicknamed him Dak and that's who we always want to believe it is because that's always been a, a very pleasant experience when he's around. It's never been scary tapping on, you know, the house or smacking the house at one o'clock in the morning is a little unnerving, but I can't say that that was a Sasquatch or what that was, but something did smack the house. Now at the end of August, we had something else that actually happened. We were getting in our truck and I was putting Bjorn in the truck and we were headed out. James had to go to work. And so we get in the truck and we're backing back down the driveway. And that's when James, my husband, told me that there was a dog man standing behind me, probably five, 10, maybe feet tops. This thing was literally like right behind me. Now, I I remember Bjorn was being really antsy. He didn't want to sit down and get in his harness um, because we do, you know, harness him in, you know, in case fender bender, you know, that he doesn't fly forward um, or get hurt if we would happen to be in a car accident. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I'm looking at James and I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? You know, and he goes, there was nothing that could be done. He said, if this thing wanted us, it had us. He said, there was nothing that could be done. And if you'd have turned around and screamed, it could have made the situation worse. So he did what he felt was the best option was get us in the truck quickly and get us out of there. And I probably would have turned around and I probably would have screamed again. I don't get scared of a lot of things, but that probably would have scared me. But he was describing this thing. You know, it had tall pointed ears. He said the head looked like it was two and a half, three foot wide. He said this thing was huge. And I mean, it, it unnerved him really, really bad. He grew up on this land. He's run these woods all of his life. He's never been afraid of these woods. But, you know, he was sitting there, you know, kind of rethinking, you know, I'm not sure I want to go in the the woods by myself to go hunting or, you know, even go up and fill up the, the bait feeders and different things like that, you know, for hunting season that's coming up. Now, as we were going back down the driveway, Bjorn was growling and it's that that low growl that dogs get in the back of their throat. But he was also kind of hunkered down. It's like he didn't want to be seen, but at the same time, he felt threatened. And so he was doing that growl. But James said this thing, you know, it kind of looked like a timber wolf, except, you know, the ears, again, were very, very pointed upward. That was the the description that he gave me. That was, you know, the most that he gave me. And I'm sitting there fussing at him going, you should have told me. And he was like, no, that would have been a bad idea. We just needed to get in the truck and get out of there. There was no way we could get back to the house you know, quickly enough. So getting in the truck was, again, his best option of, you know, just don't alarm me. Don't, you know, have me turn around and try to look at it or scream or as he would tease me, you know, go up and want to pet it or something like that, because, you know, I, I love animals, <laughs> you know, I always want to, you know, hug and squeeze all the animals. So again, that situation kind of died down. We didn't see that. We didn't feel the dog man around anymore. But we still had a lot of really weird sounds, a lot of odd smells that were going on. And then on the 1st of September, about the, the 5th of September or so, we had some weird noises outside a window. It almost sounded like something was, was tapping or even scratching on our bedroom window. After the dogman sighting, you know, a week before, we were like, okay, we're not going to go check this out at all. We were not going to take a chance on going outside and, you know, just let him scratch, let him go away. So the next morning, our Mastodane went out and he's got a great nose on him. And so he immediately started sniffing around the bottom of the stairs and stuff. And he goes right under the bedroom window and he marks his territory right there. And I mean, it was very, very specific. He was making sure that whatever had been out there the night before knew 
that he was there too and that he would protect us. So that that was a little weird. Now, the very next day, that was the 6th, James was cutting some brush and weeds back from the house to kind of clear more of the brush and, and the tree line back from the house a little bit more. And he looked up the hill and there's a gray Sasquatch. He said he'd never seen him before. And it was probably about 15 feet up the hill from him. And he could only see it from the chest up. And so he comes in and he gets me and we go back outside. But by this time it was gone. We could hear bipedal walking going up the hill behind the house, but it really only let James see it. It had, you know, short hair. He said it was kind of dark with, you know, more gray tips, you know, the conical head, you know, really big, pretty eyes. And he said it was actually a very handsome animal that, you know, that he saw. And then later that day, it was the day for the cans to go to the road for the garbage to pick up. And he saw it again about 30 yards up the hill from him. And it paralleled him as he took the the garbage cans down our little hill down to the, the curbside for the garbage to pick up. And then it just kind of disappeared into the tree line. Later that night, we heard some whoops. So a few days later, you know, it was one of those times it was Yorn to go out and, you know, do his thing. And there were some very odd noises going on. There were some weird, I don't know, we, we couldn't tell if it was an owl, if it was a, a howl, if it was, you know, some sort of bird that was, you know, stirred up, you know, maybe its nest had been disturbed or something like that. We weren't sure exactly what it was. And I had gotten a new toy and I love my new toy. It's basically infrared binoculars. It's not military grade, but it's infrared. And so I didn't know how to use them and they're very heavy. And so I'm, you know, shaky video all over the place, you know, trying to, to see things. And so where Bjorn was barking, I mean, and he, all, all his hackles were raised, you know, the hair on the back of his neck was raised up. He almost looks like a Rhodesian Ridgeback when his hair stands up. He's barking in this specific spot. And when I took the binoculars, the IR binoculars, that direction, I could see a dog man, pointed ears, big snout. But of course it was, you know, in black and white because it was in the infrared. So I didn't get any color or anything. I didn't have on my glasses. I couldn't see it without the binoculars. But anyway, we got Bjorn, we came back inside and that, that was kind of the end of it for that night. And after that, just some tree knocks and, and different things, you know, again, smells, feelings, just, you know, the, the area is just very active. So one of the things that James and I also do is we play in medieval society, which makes us sound like we're nerds and that's okay. We can be nerds, but we put on armor and we hit each other with, you know, rattan sticks, you know, we play war games. And so we were out just goofing off and we had the, the swords out and, and they make a very, very specific clacking sound. And so, you know, we were hitting the sticks back and forth. And when we did that, we heard a couple tree knocks. So I was like, okay, I want to test this out. So we clacked the sticks twice. We got two tree knocks back. We clacked the sticks three times. We got three tree knocks back. And it was just really neat, you know, just that interaction. And again, you know, I'm also a healthy skeptic. It could have been nothing and completely my imagination. So, you know, we're still playing with the sticks and, and the responses stopped. And then I saw a flash of dark fur that you know, kind of went by in between two trees, about 20 to 30 yards up the hill. And so 
I, I do crazy things sometimes. So I walk over to the edge of our driveway and I'm looking up the hill and I go, hey, buddy. <laughs> and I don't know why I do these things. I think, I guess that, you know, Sasquatch are supposed to be nice and sweet and, you know, forest friends, at least in my head. Reality, I know that they're bigger than me and, you know, kind of like a chimpanzee can hug you and then rip your arms off. I understand this, but I still do these weird things at times. And I could see this thing sitting there looking at me again, it was about 30, 35 yards up. And so I waved and I just saw it blink. It didn't wave. It didn't say anything. It didn't make any noise. I just saw it blink. And then it got up and walked on up the hill. And then we heard a tree break at the top of the hill. Now, a quick side note with our, our Mastodane, one of the things that that's really weird is the, all the artist renditions of like Sasquatch and Dogman and stuff. I can pull up a rendition of Sasquatch and he will sit there and he'll cock his head and he'll just look at it. And then I pulled up one of the, you know, one of the pieces of artwork on your site, Vic, of a Dogman. And he starts shaking, he starts barking, and then he just like goes all the way down on his belly and just whimpers. If I go back to Sasquatch, he sits back up and he just kind of tilts his head back and forth. And I go back to Dogman and all of a sudden he starts whimpering and shaking again. So he's recognizing the difference between these two cryptids, which makes me believe that he's at least seen the Dogman. Now, if he's never seen a Sasquatch and he was just sitting there being curious as to what I'm showing him, then, you know, that's possible. But I think that he's seen the Dogman. So I thought that was an interesting thing. So then October rolls in and again, still tree knocks, bipedal walking in the forest, some, you know, rock clacking. And I've, I've heard theories on the difference between a, a tree knock being communication, a rock clacking being a warning. I'm not an expert. I don't know. I'm a believer and I'm kind of getting into research. You know, I, I want to go squatching or boogering, whatever you want to call it. But I don't, I'm, I'm not an expert. I don't know everything that there is to know about Sasquatch even though I've had a lot of encounters with them, I still feel like I'm, I'm a kindergartner when it comes to understanding these creatures. But it was kind of a, a strange thing that happened. James saw another dog man again. He was standing at the door. We'd heard a noise outside. He went to the front door and looked out and there's a dog man sitting in the yard about 20 feet from our porch. And he just shut the door <laughs> and was done with that. He was like, I'm not going out there. A couple of days later, we were um, just getting ready to go to bed and there was a sound that was almost like a gunshot sound, but it was like right behind our house. And, you know, nobody hunts behind our house other than us. And it was really strange. And all of our outdoor lights came on. I mean, every one of our outdoor lights, the back lights, the front lights, the side lights, they were all on. So we don't know exactly what that was. If it, you know, maybe we have a storage building beside the house, if it smacked the storage building and that's what it sounded like, you know, was again, loud, like a gunshot. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we were actually getting ready to go camping the following week, which is the big story that I'm dying to tell you because I think that you're really going to enjoy it and, you know, get a, a good chuckle out of my complete and utter come apart on our camping trip. But we're normally not in our storage building a whole lot, but we've been messing around the storage building. I don't know if that, maybe our, our scent around the storage building attracted this thing to possibly smack the building. Again, we didn't go outside. We didn't investigate. I, I have no idea what that loud bang was. Again, it was it was literally sounded like somebody had fired a gun right behind our house. But, you know, nobody did. Nobody comes on our property. Nobody would have been, you know, right behind the house firing a gun. So the night before we were supposed to leave, our resident Sasquatch, again, we call him Dak, was looking in the living room window. And he's becoming bolder and bolder. And it was definitely the dark furred. It was definitely the one that we call Dak. Um, You know, he's seven, eight foot tall now. You know, he's grown up a lot in the past year. And he was just looking right in our living room window, I guess, maybe curious as to what we were doing. I'm not really sure. But on to the big story that I wanted to tell you. So last summer, we had gone to the Daniel Boone National Forest to camp, and we had some cool experiences there. And this year, this October, we went back, and the experiences were even better. And part of the experiences were extremely scary. So it was the same six friends that we camped with this summer. And so as soon as we got there, Bjorn started acting completely out of character He was whimpering. He was unusually aggressive. He was very nervous all week. And he is the biggest lap puppy you've ever met. I mean, he, he loves people. And unless he feels threatened, he doesn't act out. You know, he's very well-mannered, well-behaved. You know, he minds very well, but he was weird. I mean, from the moment we got there. So we had decided, you know, as a group that since we had so much, what we perceived as Sasquatch activity, and we saw several Sasquatch, you know, when we were there in the summer that we were going to take equipment. So we, we came, you know, with cameras and fleers and, and all of that stuff. And what was weird was a lot of times we would go to use it and the batteries would drain within 10 minutes. 
And a lot of this equipment's brand new. The batteries were brand new. You know, everything had been charged up the night before we left. Um, we brought additional battery chargers and we would recharge them and they would drain again within 10 to 15 minutes. We had horrible luck with our video and our audio equipment and all of that stuff. Even our cell phones were draining very quickly. So the first night we get there, there were strange noises on and off all night and something slapped our tent two or three times. Now, another lady that was with us, she's the one that's very sensitive to infrasound. Her tent also got slapped. Now, where we camp in, in the in the DB, the ground is very, very hard packed gravel. So there is like no footprints there. I mean, even when we walk on it, there's no footprints. And unless you scuff your foot, you know, you can't even tell anybody's walked there. So, you know, there were no tracks around the tent, you know, the next morning. So we were hearing things like rock clacking, tree knocks, and normally birds don't, they don't really sound out a whole lot at night. I mean, obviously owls and stuff, but we had geese and crows that sounded distressed all through the night. I mean, they were just calling and, and honking and whatever sounds they make. And so that was kind of strange. And it was probably about two o'clock in the morning or so. My husband woke up to, he didn't know what woke him up, but he said he heard something like a really, really large rock being dropped in the lake, just down, uh, down the hill a little way from our campsite. Uh, he said it sounded like, you know, the way somebody would cannonball into the water. And so that was something that, you know, he actually woke me up and, and he was like, you know, Hey, I just heard this. And then we heard these I, and I didn't hear the, the 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 plop or the splash or however you want to describe it. But then we heard really weird scream sounds. Now, you know, we were trying to rationalize, okay, maybe it was a bobcat. It was a screech owl. And then we heard a couple whoops. That was definitely not a bobcat or a screech owl. Then we heard an owl again. But, you know, owls have a trill at the end of their call. And this this had no trill. And it was, it was kind of high pitched, like a, the way an owl would sound. And, but again, there was, there was no trill. And I mean, it was the, the typical hoo, 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 hoo that, you know, has the trill at the end. It wasn't again, like a screech owl. And my husband thought he heard a, a like a young, young girl talking. And, you know, he heard a word that sounded like zipper or sipper or something like that. But he, again, tried to logic it away that that was just his imagination. So again, my friend, the one that's very sensitive to infrasound, also said that she'd heard something that sounded like bipedal walking in the woods. Now, our other friend, I'll call her B, also heard bipedal walking, but it was the next night. It was on Monday night. And again, like I said, you know, the, the areas around the tent are very hard packed gravel, but when you walk on them, you do hear a crunch of gravel and she could hear the gravel crunching as something walked around her tent. And then she had things that were like thrown at her tent all night long, um, sticks, acorns, small rocks. And she heard a deep voice, but she couldn't tell what it, what it was saying, but she said it, it sounded like, you know, a man's voice, but speaking gibberish. Now, that same night, my girlfriend, who's sensitive to infrasound, got hit with infrasound again, and she was nauseous and, and really sick all night long. She had a really bad headache, 
you know, if she laid down, she, you know, felt better. If she tried to sit up, she got really dizzy. And she said it felt like something was just banging on her head. Could have been just a normal migraine. But I've learned to trust when she feels that there's something screaming in her head, as she puts it. I, I trust that because usually we have activity when she gets that sensation. So my husband, James, heard walking all night long. We had tiki torches outside, you know, that have the little chains with the little caps that put the tiki torches out. And he could hear something playing with the chain, almost like it was kind of flicking that little cap back and forth. And it was banging against the, the metal tiki torch because we had metal tiki torches. Earlier in that night, uh, he had gone to the bathhouse and there was a large bipedal creature that he saw about eight foot tall. And it was about 30 yards away. He said it was it was really, really dark at this point. He really didn't get a lot of detail, but he also got hit with infrasound and he was really nauseous when he got back to camp. And then we also, once he got back to camp, we heard a really, you know, really large tree break at that point. And on another thing too, that same night we were, you know, just sitting around, you know, tiki torches were burning. We didn't really have a big fire or anything. You know, my husband actually saw a silhouette of what he said looked like a juvenile Sasquatch. Now, across from our camp is a, a ranger's house, and they had all their lights on. And that was kind of strange because normally they mute their lights because they don't want to disturb the campers. But pretty much all week long, their lights were all on, all their outside lights. You know, it was it was really strange. It was really brightly lit, which was unusual. And my one girlfriend, B. She's camped there for over 10 years, and she said she's never seen the ranger's house lit up the way it was all week this week that we were there. So, again, we have this, this light coming through the, the woods, and James saw this, what he said was, you know, looked like a juvenile Sasquatch going through the woods. But, again, it was backlit, so he couldn't get a whole lot of detail other than it was, you know, about six foot tall, had a, you know, sort of conical shaped head. That was pretty much all he could get. Now, the next day, I saw a juvenile run through the woods. And again, I, we're assuming it's the same family unit that we saw back in the summer. We don't know that for certain. But, um, you know, I'd seen a juvenile run through the next day. And one of the weird things was on um, Monday night. I forgot to mention this. I couldn't sleep. Again, chronic insomniac. So I'm sitting there. We, we hammock camp inside of a tent because the hammocks are more comfortable. And so I'm laying in my hammock and I'm just checking Facebook or whatever. And I saw, because we left the tiki torches on and it looked like one of the tiki torches had gone out because there was no light coming through this one side of our tent. And then I looked and saw movement and I could see the tiki torch kind of coming back on and obviously they don't relight themselves. So I made the assumption that something was standing between the tent and the tiki torch blocking out the light. So it had to been something very tall because these, these tiki's are, they're probably, I don't know. I have to reach up to light them. So I would say, you know, six foot off the ground. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. 
Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So again, something was standing there, and I saw it move, and I saw the, the light was there again. You know, it hadn't gone out. It was still burning. There was just something blocking it. And then I heard a growl behind the tent. Now, that gets into the next night. And the next night is when I had my massive come apart. Now, the rest of the week, there was, you know, still lots of things going on, but it didn't have the same feel. So Tuesday night, and again, I try to, you know, do this brave front. I'm not afraid, you know, I'll go outside and sit in the dark, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm that person. But Tuesday night, I literally got scared. And it's the first time I've ever been truly scared being around a Sasquatch. So we had built a big bonfire that night. And we were all sitting around the fire and it just started feeling really off. And Bjorn was shaking. And again, he's 110 pounds. So he climbs up in dad's lap and is trying to get as close to my husband as he can, just shaking like crazy. So again, we heard a lot of sounds and knocks and bipedal walking. And, you know, then it started getting really cold and we were like, okay, let's head to bed. So about one o'clock, we all went to our separate tents and I think I just, okay. So again, it was another insomniac night for me. And so I set up my camp chair inside the tent. We have a very large tent and I was just sitting there, you know, goofing off and reading and stuff and something slapped the back of the tent. And I was like, okay, well, they're, they're, they're playing with us again. So things died down a little and I decided I was going to try to go to sleep. So I crawled in my hammock and I don't think I got completely asleep. Um, I think I was just in that twilight stage and I heard bipedal walking and the gravel crunching around the tent. So I sat up and I, again, we had the tiki torches outside and they were still burning. 
but there was something blocking one of the tiki torches. And this time it was at the door of the tent. And it was large. It did not look like a juvenile. This thing, I, I could see kind of a shoulder and an arm and a side. And it literally was right in front of the door. And it took its finger and pressed in on the door. And it raked down the door. And that nail scratching on the nylon tent freaked me out so bad. I was literally sitting there and I was shaking. I mean, it creeped me out so bad because I was like, okay, is this thing coming through the door? Luckily, we had more than one door in the tent. I'm thinking, you know, do I need to wake James up and go out the back door? What am I going to do? You know, this thing is literally pushing in and scraping its nail down the front of the tent. And then it ran around to the left of the tent and then to the back. And I heard it running around. And then it came to one side of the tent and it slapped the tent really hard. Now, our tent, again, it's huge, but it's in kind of this cross shape. So there's like a center room and then four rooms that go off from, from the center room. And so it goes over to one of the windows. And again, it's the window right beside the door. And it pressed its face in the window. Now the window was shut, but it pressed its face in the window. I could see a nose. I could see the brow ridge. And so I get up out of my hammock and the thing turned its head to look at where the sound came from because, you know, getting out of the hammock, I, I grunt when I get out of the hammock because I'm an old lady. And so I was like, you know, struggling to get out of the hammock and stand up because I'm like, okay, I can't reach my gun. I can't reach James's gun. And this thing literally turns its head. I could see the whole movement of the nose and the brow ridge turn to look at where that sound was coming from. So I grabbed my gun and then it's like, okay, I only have a 38. James had a 45. I can't reach his 45. He's still sound asleep. Okay. I'm very, very safe with the gun. And of course, you know, I didn't have my finger on the trigger. I didn't cock the, the hammer or anything like that. I'm, you know, holding it down big on gun safety. You know, I'm a proponent of if you're going to have a gun, learn how to use it, learn how to use it well. Don't do something stupid with it, you know, and always, always, always be safe. My little PSA for gun people. <laughs> so I had this 38 and then it, my rational brain kicks in and goes, okay, if this is an adult, it's not going to do anything. If it's a juvenile, I don't want to shoot it because I don't want the adults to come and rip my arms off. And so, you know, it's like, okay, if it comes through the tent, I don't have a choice. But right now it's just being curious, you know, stop panicking, stop being stupid. And so I'm telling myself this, you know, if it wanted to be in the tent, it would already be in the tent. If it wanted to hurt me, it would already be in the tent to hurt me. It's not doing anything. It's being curious. And I literally was hearing your voice. Swear to God, I'm hearing Vic's voice going, if it wanted you, it would have had you. And I'm playing that mantra over and over and over in my head. I literally start to breathe at that point. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I got this. I got this. I got this. And then the next set of the panic set in because now I can't see it. And I'm in a tent and all the windows are zipped up because, you know, it's like 50 degrees that night. So all the windows are zipped up. And so I'm like, okay what do I do? So I go over to one of the windows and I unzip the window and I'm looking outside and I don't see anything. So I grab my hour binoculars and I'm looking with the binoculars and I don't see anything. 
So I go to another window and do the same thing and I don't see anything. So zip the windows back up and then that nervousness hits me again. Okay, this thing could be any place. You can't see it. So what do I do? I go outside. I walk out my tent. Yes, I'm still armed and I have my IR glasses, but I literally go outside because I was more afraid to be in the tent and not see what was around than to be outside and actually see it. And so I tried to wake my husband up. He just kind of mumbled at me and rolled over because you can't wake him up. You know, I think I could have marched a marching band through the tent. He wouldn't have woke up. So I go out and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. So I sit down in um, one of the camp chairs and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I'm looking around with the IR glasses. And again, they're very heavy. And I was starting to get just kind of bored because nothing was going on, even though I was still very rattled. And so I put the hourglasses down and I just kind of relaxed back into the seat a little bit. And you know, when somebody throws a stick sidearm and you get that, that whizzing sound, well, this stick came right beside my head and hit the picnic table right beside of me. And I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm back in my tent. <laughs> and then I heard a big plop again, like what James had described, like something jumping in the lake. So at this point, I am, again, losing my cool, and I'm a holler to the entire camp. We have major stuff going on out here. I wake up the entire camp. So my girlfriend, uh, Jay, who has the infrasound thing, and my girlfriend, B decided to come out. Everybody else decided to stay asleep. So the three girls were outside, you know, again, huddled up to the tiki torch, and we're talking about what was going on. Now, B had said that she had heard a lot of tree knocks and bangs and had massive slaps on her tent, and the gravel crunching was just insane that same night. Jay was saying that, you know, there were things being thrown at her, her tent, and she was hearing some bipedal walking, and, and she, she calls it wrestling. She doesn't call it bipedal walking. She said there was wrestling in the woods behind the tent. And so we're sitting out there, and we're, we're talking about all of our experiences, and we hear three very distant whoops. And again, we were all sitting out there kind of nervous. I think we stayed outside together until about 4.30 in the morning. I don't know if it was that we were so keyed up we couldn't sleep or we were being on watch. I'm not sure, but we literally stayed up until about 4.30 in the morning to the point we were all so exhausted we couldn't do anything but go to sleep. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But by that time, the crickets were chirping again. That was something else. There were no crickets chirping at all during this whole thing, at least none that we noticed. And then the crickets, you know, chimed back in and the night just felt peaceful all over again. But I will never forget that thing pressing its face against the tent and looking at me when I made a sound and that sound of that nylon. And it was weird because when we were taking the tents down, somebody actually accidentally raked their hand across the nylon. And I literally just kind of went stiff in the shoulders and just was like, Oh no, I don't like that sound. I don't like that sound. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard now. So that was literally absolutely insane. So the rest of the week, it was, you know, pretty mild. Although on Wednesday we went, you know, kind of rock hunting, you know, just down by the lake, we found two Sasquatch prints down by the lake. They were very fresh. It had been raining a lot and it was very muddy and these didn't have any type of, they weren't worn or anything like, you know, if they'd been there for a week or something, you know, these were very, very fresh tracks and very obvious. They were a little larger than my foot. So I would say they were juvenile tracks, but again, it's 45, 50 degrees. Nobody's going to be out there barefoot. And the, the toes are different on, on the Squatch tracks that I've seen. Human toes don't look quite the same as a Sasquatch tracks. The, the toes seem bigger on the Squatch tracks to me. Um, but again, I'm not an expert. And then on Friday night, things started ramping up again, just a little bit. And my girlfriend, B has always been fascinated with Sasquatch. She's the one I told you has listened to pretty much every show you've ever done. I mean, she had, she loves your show. It's her number one cryptid show, you know, both your, your Bigfoot show and your Dogman encounter show. She loves them. She actually sat up one night in the Daniel Boone listening to back-to-back Dogman encounters all by herself by the, at, the, at the campfire. She said she had her back all the way up against their RV. Her husband was asleep in the RV, and she listened to like, you know, 12 hours straight of, of Dogman encounters. So I, I gave her kudos for her bravery on that one. But again, she was the one, she camped there, you know, that same spot for over 10 years, and she'd never seen a Sasquatch. And she really, really wanted to. And so the, the bathhouse is about 50 yards away from camp. And so we always set up a, a little extra tent for midnight runs and that kind of thing. So she needed a midnight run. And again, the ranger station was completely lit up. All the outside lights were still on. And she finally saw her first Sasquatch. And she was so thrilled. We literally heard her giggle. 
and she said she felt so at peace and so happy and and she was just so fascinated with it and and she was just giggly i mean just absolutely giddy that she had finally seen her first sasquatch now saturday night was the last night we were there and things got hairy again saturday night at least for me again there were still you know tree knocks and i heard a huffing outside the window it you know sounded that almost like a deer snorting it was a very loud huff and i looked up again and saw something in between the tent and one of the tiki torches and then it moved away i opened the window again it was already gone and i was going to go outside when i heard the crunching of the gravel and then i smelled this horrible smell because and and this and the sound went with it this thing was urinating right beside my tent it was the most disgusting thing I have ever smelled in my entire life. And then shortly after that, it started to rain because, you know, I was going to take Yorn out the next morning and see if, if he could pick up on something. But I mean, it downpoured that night, like tent leaking downpour. So, you know, there, there was nothing left of the urine after all that rain that we got. But the thing stood right outside my tent and urinated and i was like holy cow of all things you know squatch magnet gets the the, the peeing sasquatch so it was like great <laughs> but again you know other than my uh, absolute come apart panic attack on wednesday the rest of the week was awesome we did go out and do some tree knocks and some whoops about 10 miles away from camp we didn't do it in camp because <laughs> we didn't want to you know ramp things up even more but we didn't get a whole lot the couple whistles and stuff like that but nothing major it was actually more exciting at our camp but that one night i mean it was insane just again i will never forget the way that that face looked pressing in that that window at me because again i tried to convince myself that i was seeing things and that wasn't real and then when i made a noise and it literally turned its head it cocked its head to actually follow the noise yeah, I, I was kind of done at that point. I wanted to go home. And then I, again, thanks to you, uh, you know, I pulled my stuff together and went outside and faced my fear and glad I did because I'd, I don't know if I would be comfortable with them otherwise, but I just decided, you know, okay, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to face it. If it rips my arms off, you know, I'm going to go out of this world some way. So I guess better by Sasquatch than, than some of the other ways I could go. <laughs> so that's my story, Vic. Well, it's quite a story, I'd say. When you saw that face pressing against the window fabric, did you have any urge to try and sneak closer to it and maybe even touch it? Yes, yes, I did. And James picked on me. He was like, why didn't you just poke it in the eye? And I was like, oh, honey, really? Go tweak its nose. No, honey, not going to do that either. No, I did. I wanted to go touch it. I really wanted to go just touch it. I wanted to unzip the window real quick and actually see it. But yeah, I, my what my brain wanted to do and what my body was willing to do were two totally different things. No, I get it. I do understand. If you had it to do all over again, do you think you would try to sneak up close enough to touch it or do the same thing? Um... Yeah, I probably would. I may have gone to another window and tried to see it from the side profile, but yeah, I really wish that I had been able to get my legs to move and and done more because it would have it would have been cool to 
really see it up close and in person and face to face and or or touch it in some fashion and and then another part of my brain goes yeah and if you had touched it maybe it would have scared the crap out of it and it would have eaten you so (laughs) yeah that's possible i'm a little foggy on this when you camp do you want sasquatch in the area to come close to your camp at night or do you want them to keep their distance the way you do at home well both um (laughs) there's it's like i want the experiences i want to learn more i'm so fascinated with them and i want to learn so much more about them and at the same time there's still that that trepidation that what if you know because again you hear some of the stories where you know it's it's really it doesn't go well for people you know of course you know then you've got the 411 stories you know thanks to david pilatus and i think i said his name wrong sorry david and so, you know, it, it's a yes and no. I mean, I, I can't give you a solid answer either way. It's like, yes, I want them to be there. And then it's like, no, they can stay away. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing to sit at home and plan all this out. But once you get into the woods and set your tent up and it starts getting towards nightfall, then yeah, that all goes out the window. Yes, yes. Because it's really dark out there. Oh, no doubt. And especially in the Daniel Boone, I can only imagine. Kelly, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this with us. I really do appreciate it, and I hope you have a great night. You too, sir. Thank you. Thanks. We'll see you. That's it for another episode of Bigfoot Eyewitness Radio with Vic Cundiff. If you've had a Sasquatch encounter and would like to be a guest on the show, please go to BigfootEyewitness.com and submit a report. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.